In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's a follow-up episode. What actually happened about our fight? The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, the cute diggity dog in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, go ahead, give it to him. What's up? That's right. What's up? What's up? And uh, I've had multiple listeners ask me what happened after the uh, we had a blowout in front of the kids, like major argument. So I decided it would uh, only make sense to do a follow-up episode. And that is what we're going to do here today. And then uh, before we get started there, just make sure that uh, you know the email for Jeannie or myself. Hers is Jeannie, J-E-A-N-N-E, at mvsmpodcast.com. Or Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y, at mvsmpodcast.com. Dot com And there you have it. We're a minute in and we're ready to rock and roll. So to recap, um, if you haven't listened to the episode, which if you have not, I encourage you to do that. Go back and look at uh, what episode 200 would be. And uh, that episode is uh, we had a fight. Come on, dude. How do I not know the episode, the name of the episode? How to not have that prepared? I thought I had it memorized. Um Hot-tempered arguments. We had a blowout in front of the kids. Boom! There it is. I knew I could come up with it. Anyway, um, that if you haven't heard that episode, pause right now. Go listen to it because really, you're going to get a peek inside um, the mind of Quincy Moran and uh, and Jeannie Moran and um, our parenting and marriage skills live on display. Not that you know. That was live, but the story, the telling was. So uh, going back, um, my dad had let me know that he was coming to town. He was coming to Texas for the General Assembly. He is a, a bishop, which I didn't know they had in the Church of God. So he's a, he's a pastor of a church in West Blockton, uh, Alabama. And he is coming. Uh, he was coming to Texas, and uh, I— Text Jeannie said, my dad is coming uh, to Texas and wants us to go to church with him, so we're going to church. And um, who, know, who knew the uh, firestorm that was going to create? And uh, it all came to a head one night um, when I had had a couple of drinks. Jeannie had had a couple of drinks, and the conversation got brought up about church. Interject anywhere you want to here, honey. Well, it was more than just you and I. It was actually you and our daughter first had a, a disgruntled conversation. Because True. she did not want to go, and your approach on telling her she should go did not go well. And then I got thrown into the mix because she took something I said and spun it just a little bit, but it was enough to uh, set you and I at each other. Yeah, yeah, she took something you said out of context, and she, who will not be named, to protect her identity, because she's a teenager, and she didn't sign up for this podcast, we did. Um, I mean, it happened again today, 
you know, she took it. She was more, it was more of a joking sense, but she's like, you said when we got a job and we're paying bills, I don't have to do deep clean anymore. And it's like, no, no. I we said, said when you get a job and you're paying our bills. <laughs> she's like, well, it's like when you're out on your own, then you take care of deep cleaning exactly. on your own. You know, we've modified it because y'all are working, but she's like, well, I'm paying my bills it's like no no stop right phone bill does not constitute bills Bills. that's right that's (laughs) right so we're sitting there and for me i i usually simple like simplify things to the most common denominator and say um this is easy it's a couple hours we get to go spend with pappy it's church now quick background um i am a former pastor uh associate pastor of a church um, and our pastors retired and they offered the church to me. I declined. It was not the right time, uh, in life for me to be a pastor. And so we stepped out of church. That was one reason, but there was a, an accumulation of reasons. And once you listen to the other episode, you'll have more context. So, you know, we're out of church, uh, you know, been hurt by church. I'm sure church has been hurt by us. Anyway, all that to say that, um, you know, our older children and maybe some of the younger had no interest in going to church. And I said, you're going to church. And when you're 18, um, how much did you really enjoy people placing demands on you? No matter what level of responsibility you've attained, now you're 18. Well, and there's also that piece of, there's a hurt there. There's a, I don't want to be involved in this because it's a boundary for them. Now it's something that they've put up for themselves. And now that they're 18, it's like, well, I don't have to do that because I'm an adult now I can make my own decisions. So there's that kind of pushback between not only am I the right age, but this is something that's beyond my comfort zone and you're trying to force me to do it. And now I'm, I'm at the place where I get to put my foot down it doesn't exactly work that way, but that is kind of where the brain has taken things, I guess. Yeah, well, that's the way it worked for all of us in our own mind. Because when I was 18, everything was going to change. It did. Not like I thought, hmm. but it did. So we're sitting down for dinner. You know, as you all know, if you're listeners of this show, one of the, you know, multiple listeners of the show, you know, Jeannie and I just moved the family from California to Texas. If you don't know... um, June of 2022, uh, Jeannie and myself, our eight kids, four dogs, and caravan, drove from California to Texas in a day and a half, moved our entire family. Um, our eight kids range from 21, three at 19, one at 18, two at 16, and then one at 14 going on 15. So one group of kids has graduated. They're 18. 19 and older, another group whom we deemed the little booties. They are still in school. And so um, we're having this conversation. And Jeannie and I, I would say back in the day, say 12, you know, 11, 12 years ago, arguments were probably a bit more consistent Mm -hmm. uh, than they are now. But we don't really argue much. In, in a sense, the you know, where it's like legitimate arguments. No. So this was something, <laughs> this was quite an experience that the kids hadn't seen um, for about a year, oddly enough. And it's not that we don't argue in front of them because we don't want our kids to see us argue. 
It's because we just don't do a lot of arguing. We have a little tiffs here and there, but everybody does. So we're sitting there. Um, I've, you know, had a couple shots of whiskey, which by no means, I don't know why I'm disclaiming this. No means I'm not a slobbering drunk. Um, Jeannie's had a couple shots. We're just enjoying dinner. Things are getting underway. We're going to watch a movie. And then, like usual in my life, or my past life, or whatever, timing sucks. <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't pump the brakes and say, wait, let's table this and talk about it later so we can enjoy our evening. No, we commenced to argument. And uh, my daughter and I were going back and forth at each other. And I went to the kill zone quick, like really fast. I don't, I don't really much do that anymore. No. And uh, she was like, well, mom said I don't have to go. And I'm like, hold up. Hey, <laughs> uh, first of all, who said you didn't have to go? Second of all, hey, Jeannie, you know, why are you why are you not siding with me on this? And third of all, we got to talk about this. And, you know, then it just it started ugly and it got worse quick. And it's like, dude, fine. You don't want to go. We're not taking you to work. First of all, I don't really take her to work at all, if ever. You do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then she, and then Jeannie, you know, pops off. What? And then our daughter pops off and it's like, dude, look, if you don't like it, if you don't like it, it's, it's really no problem. It's no problem because you don't have to live here. I just, I went for kill zone quick and you know, there's a lot more detail in there, but it just got ugly so fast and it didn't have to go that direction. Anyway, it intrigued a lot of people, though. It it truly did. Like, it intrigued listeners, and they wanted to know what oh, God, happened. you had a fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, we've long said anyway that just because you have a podcast doesn't mean you have a perfect marriage. And, and who really does? Because what is perfect? What does that even mean? With that being said, um, as soon as our daughter and I were at a fever pitch, she bailed out, which took mine and Jeannie's radar and pointed us, like attracted us to each (laughs) other. And then we started arguing. And not only did we start arguing, really we were just like passionately discussing this situation, going back and forth, making points. And then Jeannie brings the whole, this is my dad type thing. And I'm like, that's a low blow, but really it doesn't bother me because there are other things behind the scenes that I'm bringing into account. And it's really, there's a good reason I'm doing it, but it's not fair to have the discussion with baggage. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it gets ugly. We finally, things kind of simmer down. Um, Jeannie heads off to bed. I think, I mean, what was your state of mind there? You you were saying that you weren't really mad? I wasn't mad. I think I was just more... Um, <clears throat> I was frustrated because I didn't, I didn't want to say things that I shouldn't. I knew as soon as it registered that you sounded like my dad to me, I was like, okay, this is not a place for me to have this conversation from because I already know there's a filter there. And um, it wasn't a dig at you. It was more me 
verbalizing. This is what I'm hearing this from. This is not a good place for us to have this conversation. It didn't uh, come out that way. Oh, I know it didn't come out that way. Well, you didn't take it that way. Um, again, how you hear it and how I say it are not always the same thing. Vice versa. But um, I don't know. I think I, I was just kind of at the place of, A, this is a stupid argument. This is a really stupid argument. And B, I'm done. We'll discuss it later when we're at level heads because clearly we weren't going to get anywhere. Um, yeah. And then when we did talk about it the next morning, it was just kind of like, I wasn't trying to not talk to you about this, but I know if I go at you with that filter in place, I'm going to come at you from a 17-year-old, 18-year-old me place. Yeah. I'm not going to come at you as a 44-year-old mom. And that happens. I mean, just as a, just as a, a, a mo like taking a moment to talk through, maybe recently you've had an argument and are you arguing fair? Because you might have, maybe your spouse said something that's completely unrelated to an experience you had growing up. And I'm never going to charge that I had perfect parents, that you had perfect parents. I'm not even going to espouse the idea that their parents were perfect, mm. that my parents were perfect, because none are. There's really not truly a comprehensive playbook to go along with parenting. And I know there's a lot of books written about it, and there are some books that are out there that I've read are just, you know, at least one is it's got a good premise, but then it's just stupid. So it, well, you can't use the same techniques for everybody. I mean... When our parents grew up, times were different. My dad walked to the store and bought things for his mom and brought it home, and there was no fear of any issue. You just went, you grabbed what you needed, and you came home. I mean, when I was growing up, my mom had me locked down. I didn't go anywhere unless my mom knew everybody involved. I'm the same way with our girls because as time progressed, things got different. It's just scarier. Things are, are not the same. There's a lot of... of you can't give just a straight right or wrong lesson anymore. There's so many, so much gray matter in everything in society and in the world itself that you, you just, no one really has an answer. Everyone wants to tell you how to do it, but no one actually has the answer because we all think differently. If I ever come out with a parenting book, it's going to say, it's going to be something like that. Like this is a guide. This is a guide to educate you on how we did as parents, and you really have to take, you have to take and formulate your approach, and sometimes you learn the best when you fail, um, and I've done that plenty, you know, in one way or another as a parent. So I'd, I'm, you know, just kind of bringing that back around to say there's really, I mean, each kid is such an individual and they respond differently. Sometimes there is corporate punishment. I mean, you know, for consequences or whatnot, but in this instance, you know, um, there were things I just did not take into an account and I, I had simplified the matter so much in my head to say, Hey, it's a couple hours. We're going to go have lunch. It shouldn't be a big deal to anybody. Uh, apparently it was. And, um, once, once the, during the aftermath, you get an opportunity to, kind of digest what has happened mm -hmm. and it's like well hey why am i so dedicated to this particular position why does it make sense and then we got to talking through it and we went out you know for a drive uh taking uh 100 at breakfast 
and you know it's just like breaking the ice saying okay we gotta we need to talk about what happened last night because that was not good and you know then we had a time we had the time to talk about it in a more casual manner uh as opposed to in a heated mm-hmm. moment and i came i came to some solid conclusions that made sense to me um part you helped me get there part i got there uh part was her and I interacting and me just taking a step back and trying to kind of revamp my perspective to say, okay, why are you so committed to this? And, you know, I think you can learn a lot when you challenge yourself uh, and look at it. And um, I had to look at it and say, well, I don't require us as a family to go to church anymore anyway. So why, why am I making this a requirement? So why, why am I forcing this particular issue. And I think I think you and Josh really made a lot of sense in saying this is not visiting. Mm-mm. You're you're going to fill a seat to go to church and I love your dad so please don't take this offensive, but honestly, it's just a means to get us to go to church because we don't and that, that's how your brother and I saw it. It was like, it's just a means to get everybody to go to church. That's all it is. We don't go. He wants us to go. Sure. And if we go with him, we're also, from from your side, we are representing him as his family because he's coming as a visiting bishop. This is what he does. It's kind of, you know, showing who he is. I understand both sides of that coin. But for me and Josh, it was like, we're not visiting. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit and listen to someone else yet again preach a message that we have probably heard how many times because we all grew up in it. It's like, I don't, I guarantee you, and I know this for, I I just know this because I know the person. They were sitting on their phone. The ones that were there that didn't want to be there were sitting on their phone. They weren't paying attention to the message or they were talking amongst each other in their pews just because, why? Why am I here? And I got to say, you know, as far as church goes, and I made this this point in the last episode, I'm not anti-church. I'm not. I know you probably are. Um, it, it's not that I'm anti-church. I am. I am. I struggle when somebody says, you know, the teachings of Jesus Christ. Whose teachings of Jesus Christ? Because there's so many versions now of the Bible and how it's taught. Whose version are you teaching? Who? How do you know you're right? How do I know you're right? You're teaching me, and I I need to know a little bit. I've been in this for how many years? Have you and I been? What's the word? Indoctrinated, I guess, is the word. But even that, we learned some of the things that we were taught. They're back-ass words. They just weren't right. And now that we're in that place, I question things that, I mean, I don't need to sit and listen to somebody teach me the same message. How many times have you read your Bible from front to back in your life? I have no idea. Okay, so how, how many more times do you need somebody else to tell you what you've already read on a repeat cycle for 52 weeks where you go through the same process every 52 weeks we start over and we go again for me I don't feel like I need that for me I don't think that church is a place I need to inhabit I believe that church is within me and it's something that comes from me to others and vice versa um, you know the the gentleman you just had on recently listening to him talk the minute he spoke my spirit popped up and it's like, Oh, okay. This is somebody I want to listen to. 
Mm-hmm. And he never gave, I mean, he mentioned God two or three times, but it wasn't in a preachy manner. It wasn't in a scriptural manner. It wasn't in a, this is what God says we're supposed to do. It was just simply, this is where his faith stands. And he moves on. But it drew me enough to listen. When when I'm being taught in an entity or in a church where if you don't agree or you're not getting the message that's coming out, you're wrong. Who said? You tell me which one of you sat down with Jesus and the disciples and had this conversation and you know verbatim that what's written in that book is what was said. Because there's a part of me that's thinking, I think Jesus said the F word. I'm just saying, I know a lot of people would kind of, oh, but really, think about it. We've all had our moments where that word crosses your mind or things happen, and you can't dehumanize, and you can't just say, well, this is what happened because it's written. You know how many books were written, and there's still not all the facts? Yeah, and I, I get the point there, and, and, and to your point, a couple, of, a couple of things I'll touch on there, and then we'll move on in the story, is that I think you— I think you called it what it is, um, the teachings of Jesus Christ. Do I believe that the the Bible um, was is the Word of God? Yes, I do. I do. I have a lot of faith that it's a word that the Word of God, and it's lasted for millennia. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of um, credibility in that. Uh, do I think Jesus used the F word? I don't care because it's not exactly. relevant to my salvation. I I don't exactly. I don't really care. Um, but I think where you pinned it down is the doctrine side of things, and that and and I understand the need for a structure for beliefs. Um, I understand that part, but there is you're talking about this version and that version. Um, in so many different versions, it comes, you know, the doctrine is the side that kind of sullies it because everybody, there are so many different versions of how you're supposed to do church. There is a healthy side to church because I believe in that, that construct of, you will, it, that, that, um, the community, the fellowship, there is, the, yeah, those things it's, are it's necessary. that, it's that too, but also some of that accountability that calls for, you know, serving one another and some the the moral some kind of moral compass, and um, so there's a lot of value in it. And matter of fact, the message that day um, was not a message that I had heard. There, and to me, for for somebody like me that loves the Bible and went through the Welton Academy and really understands what the Bible is, uh, for us as Christians, um, that it's ancient covenant systems and it's how God operated with man on earth. And that these are the canons, the stories that surrounded those situations that got from Adam and Eve Mm. all the way to Jesus Christ. And that gives a ton of credibility to it. Not, cherry-picking scriptures and lording them over people and saying, this is why you have to do A, B, and C. But more, it gives the historical context of the life of these people that led to Jesus. And for that, there I can't, I can't learn enough about it just because the ancient culture intrigues me. The legacy intrigues me. 
the story, the the kings, the judges, the prophets, those things are very intriguing to me as Mo and I go back because we're doing church at home between her and I. We're doing mm-hmm. a Bible study, and, and it's given me the opportunity to read it and kind of expound on that. And that, if faith doesn't begin at home, it's not going to be fostered in church anyway. But see, so, when you have, like, our daughter and myself, if if I feel like we've had so many different teachings of the same thing, sure, and each pastor who has taught it has the same basic message of if this isn't what you believe you're wrong or this is the way that it's meant to be and interpreted and this is how you're supposed to learn it 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 you start reading and listening like with the argument i listened to you through a filter of my dad not because you were coming at me that's just the voice that i heard so when i'm listening to people preach there's that filter there because Mm -hmm. i don't know that i can trust you to tell me the truth I've been told so many versions of the same thing. Yeah. I don't trust it anymore. <clears throat> I trust myself to take my time and my word and my prayer and spend my time myself to let God lead me. And there are people that I truly trust and believe that he brings into my life that will randomly something will pop up and it's like, oh, okay. I know that because that's, what I've been seeking or looking for. No one else knows those things. So I know it has to be Mm -hmm. an intentional thing, but that's where we were coming from is she and I still have this, a filter or a a boundary, a a guard, however you want to look at it, where I just don't really listen anymore. When somebody comes at me from a place of church, understood the minute it comes out, it's just like the wall goes up and there's little things sitting on my shoulder going, uh-uh, no, 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 run the other way. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and we got into that discussion as well, which is um, every if you've been in church, you've been hurt by church. Church is people. It's not the building. If you have been in a relationship, chances are you've been hurt by somebody in a relationship. If you've gone through the drive through I feel like freaking <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy right now, you, in one way or another, you've hurt or you have been hurt, and that, to me, is a sorry excuse for not continuing on in something that can benefit you. But that said, I'm not I'm not going back to church right now. I think it's going to become something different. Do I think it adds value, and, you, and, and is there value in gathering together? Yes. Is it weekly? No, not for me right now. Is it monthly? I don't know. Is it... Who knows what it is? I do know that I'm enjoying gathering with my daughter and teaching her about the Bible and our faith. But see, there's a difference there. Mo came to you with an interest to learn and be taught. Okay. Our other daughter has no interest in this anymore because she is really, really struggling with everything else that's going on around her and how to decipher what's real, what's crap, where do I belong, where do I fit. She she is trying to learn those things, and in her mind, what we have, and just from conversations we've had, what we have been taught, she knows enough to be solid in her own belief, and she doesn't want anyone else speaking into her and trying to uh, manipulate her in a different manner. I respect that. For the simple fact that this has to be her decision. If 
this was the hard part of the conversation because you wanted us to go because you wanted us to be there with your dad. But we weren't visiting. We were going to go to church. That's mm-hmm. not a visit. Mm-hmm. A visit is when we went out to lunch afterwards and everybody's joking and talking and, yeah. you know, having a good time. And then we all came home and hung out. You know, I'm kind of the hypocrite in the conversation because I didn't go. I had to stay home with Kirsten. I, Kirsten and I are not a mix for church. Um, she She can't sit still and she would irritate the crap out of everybody and then i would irritate people because i would lose my christianity in a heartbeat and i'd probably become a little yeah bit it's it's uh it's like mortifying if it, you will it to is be it's there a, and your kid is screaming out loud and it's not just the embarrassment it's the you feel guilty for disrupting other people who are there with a, a true purpose. intent to yeah. be there yeah <clears throat> me on the other hand i could care less but um with our older kids like I said, they're they're in a position now where what they've been taught, I mean, in the last, I don't know how many times, we've talked about it in other episodes, but in the last few years, we've had our daughters come to us and say, you know, does Pappy believe we're going to hell because I have tattoos? Or does Pappy believe I'm going to hell because I color my hair and I do these things? And we've had to sit down and say, does it really matter what Pappy thinks? What matters is what you believe and whether or not you feel it lines up with what you know about Christ. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. This is your relationship. You have to decide those things. <clears throat> you know, and some of them have friends that are, are gay and they get worried because they don't want to bring them around certain people because they don't want them to feel like they don't fit in or they're not welcome here because they're not living properly. I don't care. And that's kind of the the mentality that we've taught our kids is I'm not here to judge what you do or how you do it or how you live your life. I'm here because you want your friend to come home and meet your family. And when they come into my home, they need to know that there's love here. doesn't matter who you are. There's love here. If you need it, you can have it. That's it. There's no, no other line. But when, when they're trying to navigate these things and they're looking at the teachings you were brought up on and then the teachings they were brought up on and the things that they don't agree in what they were brought up on, they're struggling with it because they just think there's so many hard lines, but they don't, it doesn't make sense in the world that they're living in. That There's so many hard lines that God would just say, you count and you don't. Well, in the, the problem that I see when you get into that frame of thinking is you become you become frail, and you don't have the ability to stand for what you believe. Um, I'm not a guy who believes anything goes, but I am a guy who believes that we can love and accept you, um, you know, for who you are. And that, in the world we're living in, like, when people get challenged for what they believe, they crumble and they cry victim. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I'm teaching my kids. Um, I don't know how church necessarily plays into that. Um, I mean, it can because, you know, we almost didn't get married because of the church's belief I grew up in that women shouldn't wear pants. So I can see how some of that can be damaging. Uh, but at the same time, with everything, with everything, if you have a sense of balance and understanding and you're teaching your children— in the way they should go. There's value in that. There's value in community. There's value in gathering with people that may be 
like even on this podcast with with people that are maybe going through the same things you are and there's open honest discussion does that always happen at church no does it always happen at the bar no does it always happen at work no but there's still value in those things so like Noah has uh, has taught us you eat the meat you spit out the bones mm-hmm. so is there value there yes is there is it dangerous to just go quote into what my truth is and what's true to me yeah because quote what's true to you may not necessarily be what's true so i believe that you know community provides a sense of that and we have a large family so there's another side of that but you can get yourself lost in an echo chamber where you're only thinking about what you believe and it's not challenged and you don't know what you stand for so there is value in that type of community it can do damage i think if it's done properly it can do more good than harm um we've just been in a couple of situations i think that we're probably holding against church one of those being you know that somebody was sexually abusing our child and the main the main focus for the leadership was not to let the church get damaged yeah, don't let anybody know about it. Don't discuss it. Don't talk about it. But yet all the leadership knew about it without our knowledge. And that, that's unacceptable. So that is a, that's a part where harm is happening. But there is good there. And you should. And, and at home, I think, like, our kids definitely get challenged on what they believe. Because oh, yeah. we're, we have a lot of... We're an eclectic mix. <laughs> we are. We are. And then, you know, when they go... Um, when they go out and they see, you know, other kids and how those kids, you know, operate and the kids that have no structure and no discipline and no accountability and the, some of those kids have come to our house and it's like, no, we're not going to accept that. No, our and kids you, get pissed. And you actually are not welcome here anymore. So with everything, it, it, desi- it demands, let me say it this way, it demands context. Now, we are way outside of the loop of what we were talking about, but that's where the conversation went. So you and I still don't see eye-to-eye on church, except for the fact that for now, we're just not in church. And that's a a decision that we've mutually made. Now, if I want to go to church, you're not going to stop me. If you want to go to church, I'm not going to stop you. Um, And so let's bring the discussion back around and talk about, what happened. So I had to call a family meeting, which if you're a listener of this podcast, you know, is something that is extremely important. And if you're not doing that, if you're not taking advantage of the time you have with your kids as they go through the different phases of life and having these family meetings and talking about the things that you and your family represent and the things that you believe, not to not to necessarily teach them what they should believe, but to to help create an environment where they can begin to think and you talk about what's right and what's wrong according to your moral compass, etc. If you're not doing that, I encourage you to get it on the road. So with that being said, you know, I sat the family down and it was like, hey, we got to have a family meeting. We need to talk about what happened. And that's something that Coach Rita taught us. After something goes down, you know, whether it's an argument, an autism episode, um, a health crisis, you know, whatever, make sure you get the the family together and ask everybody. If they, sometimes when they see something that they don't normally see, 
you know, especially with an argument or something like that, just like the rest of us, they go internal and they start, you know, rehashing the conversation in their head and what could it mean? And, you know, are mom and dad okay? Why are they fighting? Is this, there's a lot that can play into that, you know, growing up in a household where there were a lot of arguments, every argument, my sister and I were constantly going back and forth. Okay. Is this the last one? Are they getting a divorce? Are we, because that was just a common thing that happened. And they, some, when the really big ones would happen, it was like, Oh crap. Okay. And we went into panic mode because we just didn't know the scenario. Had I been sat down and, you know, been talked to about, we're arguing over money and this is, this is just something that adults do. Mm-hmm. Or if I had been told, you know, dad did something that hurt mom and we need to process through it. This has nothing to do with you two. It would have been a big difference, I think, for us growing up. But we never had that discussion. So it, it's been brought to our attention that when big things happen or things that are not normal on a regular basis, that we sit down and we, we open up discussion with the kids and say, okay, yeah, you know. What did you see and what did you hear? And are you okay? And yeah, and are you okay? What are your thoughts on this? And then we try to to help them understand what's going on. You know, autism episodes are huge. Yeah. And and impactful. And we didn't even realize that until many, many years down the road. Yeah. I can imagine what they thought when Kirsten was having her rough years because she was very physical with me on a regular basis. Yeah. And that was, that was, I'm, I would just have to say it would have to be hard for them to have watched because I was living it and I was in the middle of it. So I don't know what it looked like, but I know what it felt like. I can't even imagine what it looked like to a little kid. Yeah, I can't, I can't either. And I, I, you know, those, those are, those are some very rough times. And fortunately we have made this a part of our lifestyle. If something happens, we sit and talk and that's exactly what we did here. So I sat everybody down and just, first of all, I wanted to make an apology to everybody because I went to the kill zone too quick and it was not necessary. And I talked to the family um, about what Jeannie and I had spoken about and about, you know, where does the line, where does the line meet when it comes to our authority in this home versus their freedom as 18 and older. And that, you know, in itself, is a great challenge for us because we haven't been there before. Mm -hmm. And I want, it's not like I want, I don't sit here and think I just want to control you because that's, that's, that's not me. Um, so I, I had to just start explaining. It's like, look, this, this was not right. And what happened was not okay. And for that, I'm sorry. And it could have been handled so much better. And here's, what it should say and here's where um our authority is and what you will respect and then we brought up the incident um where our daughter had questioned Jeannie's authority not only questioned it but just bucked it totally and said this is is a no-go zone period and this it this it will go to you don't have to live here if you challenge this level of our authority, because this is what is right for our home. Now, when it comes to these other things, um, 
I'm asking you to do it. If you're younger than 18, then you're going with me. But for those of you that are not adults, I'm asking, it's important to me that you go uh, to church with me, with my dad. Um, and I just kind of walked through that. And I said, so I'm asking you to please go. And I did not know if they were going to go or not. And um, on the day of, I saw everybody getting dressed, you know, uh, which was crazy to me because for it to go from that explosive argument to now we are all going, um, it showed me the power of, you know, love and forgiveness that we have in our home to say, well, Dad, if this is important to you, it's something I'll do. As long as you're, as long as you're asking me and you're not making demands. Yeah. And then we kind of took, you know, in the moment it was great because I was able to say, okay, these are the things that are non-negotiables, and this is what, this is where our authority is. Now, some of these other things, this is a, it's a, a learning in progress, and the more responsible you get, the more freedom you get, and it's going to be They're a learning curve. Yeah, it's there's a learning curve for us both here. So it went a long way, and she did. She ended up going to church, um, and I was appreciative that she did go. Would I have held it against her if she didn't? Um, after after that, no, I wouldn't have because I was able to take a step back and really just challenge myself and say, well, why is it? Why is this? And if you do that, like if, when I do that, and it's like, you know, we, whether it's a whatever hard topic it is, it's like, okay, well, if if you're reinforcing this and this is your hard line and it makes sense, stick with it. If it's not and it doesn't make sense, we can't do this. And that was that was the thing for me. It's like I'm not I don't require us as a family. You don't require us as a family to go to church. So why would I make it a requirement now? Um, so there you have it. I mean, she did go to church. Everybody went to church um, with us. Jeannie stayed home with Kirsten, and we met up for lunch afterwards. It was a great time. And I got to tell you, the the if I go to church, I'm going to go back there because the people were incredibly nice. I mean, Dad... Uh, said that he and Gigi like pulled up to the church and these people are like, they were new, obviously. It's like, hey, we'll move our car. You can park right here. They're like, no, no worries. They, you know, move their car, park there. Um, but everybody there was very kind. And um, the message that day was very uplifting. I mean, the guy, the, the pastor was talking about being consumed with hope. And I've battled with that from time to time just because there's been some, you know, dark times with autism and things of that nature. Um you know, and there there was even part of the message that I felt was uniquely formulated for me. Um, so I was encouraged by it. And I'm not holding other people's church experience against these people. Now, do we line up um, doctrine-wise? Obviously, we don't. I'm sure <laughs> of it. And But I'm okay with that. I can coexist with people even though we don't agree on everything. And, you know, you're not going to agree with people on everything. You and I, I'm, I'm not closer with anybody in the planet than you. And you and I still don't agree on everything. And that's fine. Um, but I thought it was a, a solid experience. 
Everybody treated us very well. The Texans were really kind. We're Texans now, you know, but they were really kind. Um, it was not, you know, I had a couple folks ask me if it was like, you know, old school Church of God. It's not. It's like, it's more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Contemporary, if you will. But that being said, um, I think it was a it was a hard situation, but ultimately turned out to be a great moment for all of us here because we got to hear from the kids on what they thought about the argument. We got to kind of set things straight um, between myself, our daughter, my wife. We got to set all those things straight. Um, and it really gave us some perspective on what it is to raise 18 and older kids who live in your house. Because there, there does need to be a certain level of freedom because we're not going to protect them from everything all the time like we want to. You know, we've got to, we have to release some of that fear and allow them to grow and develop in this next stage of their life because we're doing the same. And, you know, we're, unfortunately for the older kids, you kind of cut your teeth on the older kids and then the younger kids tend to get the benefit of you being a better parent. <laughs> and that, that, that probably isn't said enough, um, but when you, you first have kids, I mean, who you can screw it all up. You just can't because, like I say, you're going to do – you do what you see, and that's what we did. We were doing what we saw, you know, and we, we had taken some steps to get better as parents, and my parents did, did what they saw. I'm sure your parents did the same, so I'm not incriminating anybody, but ultimately it, it, it worked out for the good, and I was happy about that. And uh, appreciative that the kids did something that mattered to me, um, and they didn't have to. No, I think that that made all the difference, though, was, you know, you and I talked, and it was like the difference between you saying you need and you want from me is a very, very different response. So in demanding we're all going to go, that's that's what set her off. But the fact that you sat down and said, this is important to me. This is something I want us to do. And this is why that's what turned her heart that it's true in any relationship. It's about how you present it, how you say it. And it's not because we're trying to manipulate. It's just, there is a difference between wanting to do something because it means something to dad versus doing something because this is what dad wants to do, even though it's something that I personally cannot stand. There's, you know, there's just a fine line. It's never a manipulative situation. I I mean, we don't try to manipulate them into doing things, but that's, it's just teaching them how to talk and how to communicate and how to be able to understand. I I don't want you to do this out of spite because I know you hate it and I want to get you back in there and I want you to, you know, get back into whatever we used to be. That's not what this is. But, you know, it's it's still, it's filters, and they're younger, so they're, they've got less filters, but the ones that they have are pretty thick because it took us 10 years to get to the point where we realized, oh, crap. Yeah. You know, this is what we've been doing, and now we have to undo, and we have to start undoing with us first mm-hmm. before we can actually help the kids to figure out how to do it for themselves. Yeah, I agree. So that uh, that's it. That's the follow up. I find it funny that you got all the emails that you did about this one. 
Uh, well, <laughs> I um, especially love Michelle. Thank you very much. I'm right. <laughs> that was hilarious. You're supposed to say Jack and Jill. Okay, bud. Uh-uh. You just she wants her credit. <laughs> she wants her credit. Unless you talk to her, you don't know that. Anyway, that's it. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Give us some feedback. And look, if there are books out there for parenting that are great, feel free to share them with us. I'm, you know, talking in generalizations and, you know, coming from a place of, you know, what Reb Bradley had to teach about parenting and, you know, not knowing that my children were autistic and, um, yeah, it was just... Eat the meat, spit out the bones. There it is. That that's we, you, that's what we it have is. lots of resources that we use. Not not everything in the resource fits. Just like this podcast. That's a fair that's a fair thing to say. So with that, she is Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy Moran, and this is Man versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast. <laughs>